The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is January 17th, 2018. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and this is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Raj Geary, and Chris Featherstone is joining us today as well. We're going to be talking about SmackDown Live for June uh, for January 16th, rather, 2018. Also going to be talking about the first episode of the Mixed Match Challenge, uh, Roman Reigns being in the news, and uh, what the plans are for the U.S. title change, impact stars to WWE, and more. Chris, how's it going, man? It's going well. It's a, a busy, busy month. A kickoff to uh, a busy season. January to April is uh, that's where it's at in the pro wrestling world. Yeah, yeah, we're literally on the road to WrestleMania. Uh, Raj, how's it going, man? What's what's the breaking news this morning? Good God, it's been insane week already. I mean, we've had the the impact tapings. Uh, you know, all these uh, stars finishing up at Impact. Uh, this Roman Reigns whole uh, deal that we'll be talking about. Uh, these new signings at the WWE Performance Center, Ricochet, War Machine, Candice LeRae, all signed by WWE. Jey Uso was arrested earlier this week. The Mixed Match Challenge premiered. The United States Championship changed hands uh, despite being announced, you know, that match being announced for the Royal Rumble. So it's been just just insane. Yeah, I'll say, man, kind of crazy. So where do we want to start this morning, Raj? Should we talk about some of the breaking news before we dive into SmackDown? Um... Sure. Um, I think Roman Reigns. Yeah, I think Roman (laughs) Reigns. Because a lot of people that are listening to this and that woke up this morning are like, why is Roman Reigns trending? Why is Roman Reigns in the news so much? What's going on? Uh, So what's the story that really started to come out yesterday afternoon last night and has really snowballed? Yeah, so I actually received this video that, you know, with, with the claims in it a few days ago. And I've been kind of waiting to hear back from WWE. Um... Uh, we contacted them about it, um, you know, because let's face it, this is a criminal that's, you know, making these claims. Uh, so we we were hoping to hear back from WWE. They never sent back word. But um, so, yeah, basically, um, Roman Reigns was named as a client in this steroid distribution ring. Um, and so this would have been so to put a little context this would have been before february of last year uh so richard rodriguez who was the for- former owner of the iron addicts gym in miami he ran a company called uh, let me pull up the company uh to do uh, wellness fitness nutrition llc and so what they were accused of doing is basically uh importing 
you know, goods from China, then manufacturing illegal steroids in Arizona before distributing them out of Miami. Uh, the DEA was investigating them and they raided his gym and arrested him in February of 2017. So anything um, involving Reigns would have been before that. Now, Reigns was um, suspended for a wellness violation in June of 2016, so eight months before. Um, but at the time, it was believed that the suspension was due to Adderall. Um, so long story short, whatever um, Rodriguez is talking about would have been at least over a year ago. Uh, and um, again, he is a, a, a criminal that's implicated in this. So um, it doesn't mean he's lying, but but uh, we got to take everything into context. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh, Chris, what do you think the implication of this will be? Well, uh, it, it, if it's a criminal act, and of course, if he gets prosecuted, I mean, that's you know, you know grounds for immediate termination for Reigns. Um, you know, I think uh, at this point, it's just accusation until you know there's there's proof, and so just let it ride out and, and see what happens. Uh, I think it's very clear, you know, that he won't have a WWE future um, if it if it uh, goes as far as prosecution. Um, Real but, quick, he wouldn't be prosecuted in this. He, he's right, a client, right. so it, the, he you know they go after the distributors in that. So Reigns would not be prosecuted. This is similar to the the signature pharmacy controversy that happened like 10 years right. ago. And that's and I would think that was 07. Um and and while I was thinking about Randy Orton and how um you know it's it, I, I think him acquiring you know steroids or whatever you know it is um you know, I think the reason why I was staying prosecuted, I mean, that's somehow if, if they find something more and Roman Reigns dealing with it, that's the extreme of it. But as far as what I think is going to happen, I think it's going to, I don't think that there's going to be anything different or anything new as far as uh, WWE kind of uh, hitting him for this particular thing. Because I think if you remember with Orton, um, Orton was in the signature pharmacy saga as well, but I think they kind of, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they kind of um, merged that one with another violation because it would have been his third one. And I think he would have been uh, uh, released from that. So I think they'll probably do the same thing with Reigns with those, this one as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we got to make sure there was never any claim that he was more than just a client. So, um, so in that case, the worst would be another wellness violation, you know, wellness violation uh, against him. Uh, but assuming that the previous one wasn't related to this, if it is true. Um, so that signature pharmacy scandal in 2007, that involved a bunch of people, Charlie Haas, Edge, uh, Batista, Booker T, Shane Helms, John Morrison, William Regal, Mr. Kennedy, Umaga, Funaki, Chavo Guerrero. Um, Booker T quit over it, but no one, no one lost, lost their jobs over it. Um, you know, they all received suspensions. Batista tried to, um, you know, was thinking about suing the ESPN report over it. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, a, a bunch of people were suspended over it. So that's, but you know, th that's really the worst case of what we'd be looking at.
Do you guys think it's as big of a deal these days as it was, you know, when we were growing up and the first steroid scandal hit the WWE? I mean, I feel like uh, professional sports, professional wrestling, uh, superhero movies, for God's sakes, and you have these guys that undergo these radical body transformations. I mean, does it seem more par for the course to take some sort of supplements that might be in a gray area than it did when, when you know, with then let's say the Olympics and bodybuilding? No. No, I don't think so. I mean, the rules are the rules. You know what yeah. I mean? And if, and if someone's well aware of if you're not supposed to take something, if you do, you're violating you know the rules. So you should be reprimanded for it. I think that's pretty clear cut for me. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think I, I don't think it's as big a deal now because I think people are a lot more forgiving now. I If you remember in the 80s when it should have been, you know, as a kid, you would assume that they were just working out and and getting these superhuman physiques, and when the Hulk Hogan stuff broke out, and he he was just lying about it. Mm-hmm. You know, all these guys, um, and people people a lot of people were surprised, especially people who were kids in that era um, were surprised and really disappointed, and it it did a lot of damage. Uh, now, when someone gets busted for it, you know we've talked about you know different people. I mean, how many wrestlers have had wellness violations over the years? And I don't think that has overall affected their career if it was heading a certain way. And, you know, yeah. usually it's, you know, you look at, uh, you know, Randy Orton's had a couple, Jeff Hardy, uh, and it, it really did nothing. So I think people are a lot more forgiving about it. But, um, you know, the, the problem with someone like a Roman Reigns is he's so polarized, you know, polarizing with the fans that they're quick to really jump on him on something yeah. like this. Whereas they... I don't think they would if it was, uh, you know, jeez, uh, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was trying to come up with someone realistic. The fans um, would be like, Daniel, Daniel needs that because yeah. of the head injuries he suffered. Because he's a B plus player. That's what yeah. B plus players do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, the fans are I, quick to defend. I think it still leaves a stigma, though, in the WWE, especially since they're a publicly traded organization, as opposed to not, you know, in, in the early 90s. Um, as we saw, I mean, kind of putting two and two together, we we, we don't know this for a fact, but when Triple H's uh, trainer ratted him out recently, right? And, you know, he was kind of chiseled for a little bit. And then you saw him in those live events, you know, in Chile and things like that. He's gonna, he's kind of let it go after after that was uh, publicized. So, hmm. uh, yes, yeah, it, I think it's interesting. Well, there's a, 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 you know, Vince McMahon has admitted in the past that he doesn't get tested, right? Like, not. It's only the full time people. Brock Lesnar right. had this a steroid scandal, you know, after his UFC fight, mm-hmm. uh, after being caught with a masking agent, failed two drug tests. Nothing happened, but. You know, they said he wasn't a full-time employee, so those rules don't apply to him. Um, you know, Billy Gunn, he uh, was the other end where he's just a teacher, and it came out that he was on, I believe it was TRT or something, but he had elevated testosterone, got suspended mm-hmm. uh, over a, a bodybuilding competition that WWE didn't even know about until months later, but once they found out, they they fired him. Um, so anyway, uh, with talent, usually uh, the worst that would happen is uh, another strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the worst. That's assuming if it's true and the first one had nothing to do with it. Um, but, you know, again, we're talking over a year ago, at least. Well, so let's talk about the other uh, legal matter that's going on. Was it was it Jimmy Uso? Jay Uso. Jay Uso. Jay. So not the one married to Naomi. 
Right. So right. Jimmy Uso's had two DUIs in the past. Ooh. But uh, you know, nothing really, you know, happened with it. Uh, Jay Uso, yeah, he was arrested this past Sunday. The WWE had a live event in Hidalgo, and um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's just kind of one of those things. Um, I'm not sure if he was driving to another town because otherwise, just just get an Uber. Um, yeah, but um, yeah. So WWE they sent us a statement on Jay Uso's arrest. Uh, they wrote. Jonathan Fatu, his real name, is responsible for his own personal actions. We are investigating the matter and awaiting information from local law enforcement officials. And, um, you know, like I mentioned, Jimmy Uso's had a couple. Um, Jack Swagger was caught with marijuana. Um, so usually these and this is Jay Uso as, as far as we can tell. This is his first. So I, I wouldn't expect anything to uh, anything much. I did notice last night in SmackDown, I didn't see that Universal Studios ad with the Usos <laughs> last night. Well, they were supposed to defend the tag titles last night, right? Were they? I thought it was set for the Rumble. Oh, uh, uh, the two out of three yeah. is... Two out of three. Uh, yeah, Gable and Benjamin at the Rumble. Right. Yeah, weren't they? I thought they were booked for a match last night, but I, I guess I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, they appeared on SmackDown last night. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, this could be one of those things that just kind of fades away. I agree. So yeah, weird. I, I All of this yeah. so weird. I mean, it's sports entertainment. I mean, the original steroid scandal, right? That's where sports entertainment became a term. Talking about these are not athletes in legitimate competition. These are entertainers. Well, it, that, that happened before the steroid contract. It, it yeah. ha- that happened due to taxation for and uh, commission, you know, commissions for live events. Yeah. Want, wanting to treat it like a sport, it was going to be way more expensive. So they switched it to sports entertainment. So, but the point is, if if they're not legitimately competing, and it's all, you know, uh, physical, superficial, like to me, that's less of an issue. I mean, the DWI I think is a much more that's a more uh, uh, character issue as opposed to you know doing something to enhance their physique because this is a superficial business and we want guys with a certain look. Yeah. Well. I mean, people make mistakes. And, Absolutely. You know, I, I wouldn't say it's a character issue with the DUI. You know, a lot of people have had them. Uh, a lot of wrestlers. Um, it's just I mean, one of those things where, yeah. what's that? I know a lot of people in general. And yes, there's yeah. a difference. There are different levels. I mean, you could say that there are times when, I mean, like everybody has had a drink or two before and then done some math in their head about how long it's been and are they okay to drive and, Yes, their function was fine, but on a test, you know, who knows what the result would have been. I think everyone of legal age has been in that situation at some point in their life. There's a difference between that and like, oh, you should not be behind the wheel of a car. But, uh, you know, that to me, that speaks more to someone as opposed to that they're just dealing with the pressures of keeping up in such a competitive environment. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, you know, a DUI, it it, it varies, you know, like if, 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 it, if they were just, you know, if it's a... Um, What's the one in in Colorado? They call it DWI, where you're. Yeah, well, because in Colorado, it could be. No, 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 no. Well, this is not to do with that. But a D a DWI is when you haven't quite hit the threshold of a DUI. So it's like you might have been a drink or a half a drink, barely just over that limit, and then then there's a DUI. While Um, while intoxicated versus under the influence. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So. you know, one is obviously worse than the other, and there are varying degrees. But yeah, 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's not good. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times the general public will look at, they'll be more judging on a steroid uh, scandal than a DUI because DUIs are so common. But it is true with a DUI, you are putting others at risk, whereas exactly. uh, with the other stuff, you're you're not technically. Um, the problem is when you are doing things like if, and I'm not saying any, I'm not saying anyone is or isn't or whatever. But if you are doing things like steroids and and the company is giving you a push, that gets other people thinking that that's how they can get a push, and yep. mm, that's and true. then that leads to way more dangerous, um, you know, physical effects uh, down the road, as as we've seen with a lot of these '80s wrestlers with uh, mm. heart issues and things like that. So anyway, yeah, that's that's more of a you know, um, more convoluted effect as opposed to a DUI where it's a, where there's really a direct effect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, let's dive into talking about SmackDown and then we'll hit the news about the impact stars to the WWE afterwards. Um, last night, SmackDown opened with a match. WWE United States title tournament, Xavier Woods versus Jinder Mahal. Xavier out there accompanied by the New Day. Uh, they had their match. Singh Brothers interfered. Shocking. Until they were ejected. The New Day was ejected. But Jinder uh, got the pin. And uh, went on to the final. Uh, we now, since we did have that final match last night, we could talk about that. We don't need to talk about the booking of this. But Chris, what did you think of the match itself to open the show last night? Slow, lethargic. Uh, I just think the layout of the match was not very good at all. Um, you, you usually, I mean, a lot of times you have the the heel beat up the baby face and the baby face come back and either win or lose by, you know, um, you know, some nefarious means. But just with this match, it was like gender dominated most of it. And then there would be kind of blips where, Xavier would try to get an advantage and it just seems like the cues of the match were just off. Um, it's like the match was kind of put in gender's hands. And although he looks the part, he looks like a star. Uh, he's got a lot of work to do in the ring. So uh, kind of, kind of leaning on gender to kind of make the match work was it, it looked obvious and it just wasn't a good idea. I felt like there's, you know, I'm saying this almost every show now, but this match should not have went two segments. And really, <laughs> it, with the promo, it was three. The first half hour of the show was basically this match between the promo and the match itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, when the finish was pretty obvious. It should have been a one-segment match, um, short, sweet, gender get the win. Uh, you don't really need to have him dominate for, you know, 15 minutes and then pick up to win. Uh, so I think that's just a problem with WWE right now is just these long matches when they don't need it, it just kind of takes you out of the show. And when this show started, the New Day promo, I thought it it felt it fell flat, even though I'm sure it looked good on paper. But it just I don't know it uh, it just didn't have the effect that it, I thought it would. But um, when you had Jinder in there with Xavier at first, I was like, oh, this feels fresh. It's not the usual mix that they do that they've been doing on SmackDown lately. Then it just dragged and dragged and dragged, and you know, at the, half an hour into the show, it's you know, this whole thing is finally over. Yeah, just way too long. 
Yeah, well, uh, this was really an episode about the U.S. title last night. We went from having the U.S. title be something that would be defended at the Rumble, or, or that would be uh, decided at the Rumble, rather, to something that would be decided next week, to something that was decided last night. Um, speculation online that Dolph Ziggler is coming back and will challenge the winner of that match to set up a match between them at the Rumble that could very well happen next week. Um, How stupid is that, if that's the case, though? Oh, absolutely, because Dolph Ziggler versus Bobby Roode the first time was kind of a... Well, not just that. Why would he... If he's coming back to win the U.S. title, why did he just vacate it? <laughs> well, he technically know? never vacated it. He just left it in the ring and walked away. I mean, guys... Yeah, but why... why say, unless they have the a storyline reason for why well, he came back, why he decided to you know, leave the belt in the ring and then come back to be in the same exact spot. Um, it's it just makes no sense, and you know, really, with CM Punk, they kind of did the same thing where he left, he said he wanted out, you know, with that whole storyline. When he came back, um, they gave no storyline explanation for why he was back, he just showed up and, and he was facing Cena at SummerSlam, yeah. So, I think it's uh, obvious, though, I think it's yeah. obvious that this is where they're going because, uh, just for them to call an audible, you know, have the Royal Rumble be the culmination of the tournament. And then say, and then they, they kept saying next week, next week, just to kind of subliminally put that in their minds. Like they never said the Royal Rumble would be the, the, the finals. And then Daniel Bryan kind of calling another audible and saying tonight, I, I think to me, I think it's obvious that uh, Dolph Ziggler will be involved between now and the Rumble. Probably come back next week, say, you know, I, I never lost, which would probably lead to a match uh, at the Rumble between the two. I agree with you. And I, I see them doing that, but it just from a storyline purpose, it makes no sense. But this yeah. means uh, Dolph Ziggler not in the Royal Rumble, most likely. Which Raj, there goes the prediction. There goes my yeah my my dark horse theory. <laughs> what are the odds <laughs> of that for right now? Isn't it something like absurd? Uh, didn't update? Isn't like Daniel Bryan like a ten to one? Like has some better odds than anyone. I mean, it's just because we're in silly Ziggler's Ziggler's up there right now too. He his really? jumped up. Yeah, wonder, but having uh, Daniel wonder. Bryan there just goes to show no one has any idea where this is going. Yeah, right. So, um, I mean, Daniel Bryan, I don't think Daniel Bryan is leading right now. He's jumped up a lot. Some, someone <laughs> someone brought Nakamura's, that up. In the, Nakamura's up now, isn't he? Yeah, he was the the top. Hold on. Let me let me take a look at the latest odds. Hold on one second. Yeah. Um, I think Daniel Bryan was beating uh, Ron Strowman, if I'm not mistaken. I will say that would be <laughs> the biggest surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble. Probably short of Hulk Hogan, Daniel Bryan would be the biggest surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble they could have. Could you imagine if that was the case? That I mean, the place would go nuts. And in Philly, of all places, where oh, yeah. the fans turned Roman heel because Daniel Bryan, how he was booked in the Rumble match that year. And to return and have him win, that would be uh, that'd be crazy. Didn't he quietly so, get eliminated by Bray Wyatt that year? So Ziggler's actually the number three uh, favorite right now. So someone's yeah. listening to this podcast that's <laughs> making these odds. But right now it's Shinsuke Nakamura has the best odds, followed by Roman Reigns. And then Dolph Ziggler and John Cena are tied. Then it's Braun Strowman. Then Daniel Bryan. Mm. And then uh, we got Finn Balor. And then rounding out is Baron Corbin and Randy Orton. See, you know, I, I restrained myself from tweeting about this last night for some weird reason uh, that, unbeknownst to me, Fandango follows me on Twitter. And so I didn't want to bash about how, Raj, you're right, they're burying Rusev. Like, Rusev is now in the Fashion Files thing. And I was like, no, no, that that's a little mean. Because I like the Fashion Files. But yeah, you're right. They've completely 
derailed Rusev to now, I don't even think that I think the audience is gonna, you know, yeah. just lose interest because of how they're treating him. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's it, I almost wonder if he'd be treated better if the fans weren't chanting Rusev Day and were getting on his side, you know, if they'd Perhaps. be booking them better. Yeah. It's almost like they want to get that away, they want to take away that baby face momentum he's got and then, you know, kind of start using him again. <laughs> Yeah, they're facing the Ascension next week. Uh, unless this is all just placeholder, and maybe they'll surprise us. Who surprise knows? us with what? With Rusev winning the Rumble. Yeah, come on. No, that's not happening. Uh, speaking of Rumble, real quick, um, D- Daniel Bryan, didn't he get like quietly eliminated by Bray Wyatt that year in Philly? Yeah, he came in for like a, a cup of coffee and was thrown out. And that was like after he had just come yeah. back from an yeah. injury. So mm-hmm. it was like his big return. He was treated like a, a, a job guy, really. So, Glenn, to your point, um, yeah. so let's take a look at, at past Rumble winners. You had Randy Orton, Triple H, Roman Reigns, Batista before that, John Cena, Sheamus, Alberto Del Rio, Edge, Randy Orton, John Cena, The Undertaker. <laughs> so basically what I'm saying is they don't – Throw it's someone. Sheamus. It's not well, even Sheamus at that point was getting a big yeah, that's push. That's true. Um, you know he had been WWE champion by that point, uh, so they they don't just put guys that are losing on TV to win the Rumble. Now, <laughs> I did pick Ziggler. Um, that that's true. Ziggler would probably be the biggest step down. Yeah, I mean, I from a personal standpoint, I'd love it if Rusev won, but. Uh, if you were going to do that, you would have to have given him more over the past month than you have. And I think it would be stupid now to have Rusev win just because of how cold he is, or how cold they're treating him. Although I think the push of gender this year has shown that they will get that wild hair, that idea of like, oh, hey, let's just completely swerve everybody's expectations. It's like I think Kurt Hawkins is going to pick up a win at some point in a high profile thing just because they've made such a big deal out of it. I see, again, if they're trying to make moments... I see them doing things that are not by the book. You could see, I see them doing that for B shows and things like that. Yeah. Remember, Ginger's push was a economic uh, decision, mm-hmm. <laughs> which to, to expand in India and out the way that they thought it, it was did going not to. because you know where they where they have gender right now is where he, what they should have done is yeah. you know, get him in you know these these lower you know mid card, get some wins, get some try to get some steam, and then uh, move them up. But they didn't, and by just jumping him, people didn't buy into it, and it hurt him the whole time. And even, you know, I don't. It's one of those things. Indian fans to to think that they're just going to cheer him just because he starts winning, um, just because he's champion all of a sudden. You get you got to get more than that. And Kali, yeah, that does work with some cultures. I'm just saying, if there was a Jewish champ, me and my people would be on board with him completely. Like but some, wouldn't that make it really? Make hold on, hold on. To, let me let me ask you this. Yeah. So if uh, um, uh, who's the two hundred five live guy? Oh, what was his name? Drew Gulak. Enzo. Yeah, Drew Gulak. If they had him win uh, the the Universal Championship, you're telling me <laughs> that he would become the biggest star and this huge draw over in Israel. <laughs> well, actually, maybe you there. Like, there is sort of a. But it depends on the character, and I think the problem was that yeah, that's the thing. It has to be. Yeah, you have to if, believe it. If it came out and it was like a hokey Jewish stereotype from the '40s, actually, if it was Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn is acts more like a stereotypical Jew than most uh, Jewish. Uh, but he's uh, not Jewish. I know he's not, but he acts <laughs> the stereotype of it more. 
Um, but even with Sammy, people would have been on Sammy. Basically, I mean, it's basically Larry David most weeks before the heel turn. Uh, I think we would have been on board with that completely. A you Muslim? Know? Uh, what is, yeah, um, I know. The, uh, the French Canadian Syrian descent. Community. Hey, <laughs> you know. Uh, but no, I think uh, with Kinder, though, they really went out of their way to make him not cool. Like, I, I don't, I mean, honestly, this, this sounds like a weird thing to say. I don't think they actually talked to any person, uh, any other person of Indian descent to get some ideas about yeah. this. I feel like this was Vince's idea. Of yeah, what no, I'm sure he thinks he could just. Well, look, and and a, a lot of it had to do with Jinder's look too. They're not going to put the WWE Championship on Samir Singh to yeah. expand in India. Um, so, and speaking of which, by the way, uh, Samir Singh like rolled his ankle after that angle and was like limping to the back. So I don't know mm -hmm. if he's injured um, or he just tweaked it. So we'll keep an eye out on that. But you know, they, I think they thought they found the right person. They might have. You just got to give it time and make it happen more organic. Yeah. And, you know, Elway is just pointing out that Goldberg, I'll tell you, um, like my dad's a rabbi. Every time wrestling comes up in anyone that I ever talked to in his congregation, they bring up Goldberg. Goldberg is like the most famous Jewish athlete of all time. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you if you that. find the right personality and, and Goldberg is a perfect example, Conor McGregor is a perfect example, uh, George St. Pierre. Um, the great Kali was huge in India, whereas, you know, other Indian wrestlers, you know, haven't been, um, you just gotta, you just gotta get the right one see who gets over. And once you see they're getting over go with it. Yeah. It seems like they're trying to do something with Jeet Rama though in NXT. Yeah. Well, you know, again, we'll have to see Kishin mm -hmm. Ruftar and Jeet Rama. They've, they've had them win matches in India, uh, on the WWE live events, but you know, again, you, you just never know until you see them. Uh, how they're getting over with the crowd. Yeah. So uh, they did, again, last night, talk about Goldberg going into the WWE Hall of Fame. And there was a promo. What was really lacking this week is we did see um, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon last night, but no Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. We did get a video package, and we got the backstage promo of AJ Styles referring to them as Cammy, uh, talking about his two-on-one match with them at the Rumble. Assume next week we'll do some heavy lifting to further build that. Well, but... kind of, you know, that's one of the items that's kind of fallen by the wayside with all the stuff going on this week. Is Kevin Owens missed the uh, live events this past weekend for an injury? Hmm. He didn't yeah. work Monday's live event either, so it's not known if it's anything serious. I think if it was, they would have done an angle to change the the match at the Royal Rumble. So hopefully he's just resting up and and yeah, we'll see. But he was scheduled to be at this week past weekend's live events and he wasn't. Yeah. Um, so we got the second match, Bobby Roode versus Mojo Raleigh. Uh, this match was really balanced. I'll say that. I mean, Bobby Roode won, which is what I'm assuming everyone else was assuming, but they gave Mojo a lot of offense in this. Crickets. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Chris? Um, I, I think that Mojo... Uh, unfortunately, I think he's a failed project. I mean, um, like I said, he looks the part, but his gear and his music just doesn't do him justice. I mean, he, you know, there's no way that I can buy into Mojo Raleigh. And um, I was part of a Q and A um, last year. I covered her here at WrestleZone actually during WrestleMania weekend uh, with uh, Sting, Ric Flair, and Jr. Um, and I asked the question, you know, just ask Sting and Flair. Just, you know, how important is it to just keep that baby face and heel kind of uh, 
uh, balance still and, and staying both of them said, you know, it, it's still very important to just have really good baby faces and really good heels. And Sting was talking about how if it wasn't for someone like uh, Rick Rude being such a good heel, you know, he wouldn't have been as good of a baby face as he as he is. And I think with WWE now, that art is lost in so many ways because, you know, I'm looking at Bobby Rude the glorious who has the fan who has the fan support to an extent um but he he there, there's not a good heel in mojo to kind of up his stock at all i mean there's the mojo as a heel doesn't help bobby root at all and and to you know gender's defense i at least would give him that much of making a baby face look better like he did with Xavier. but with mojo He's not increasing anyone's stock and not even his own at this point. Yeah, I think I just think Bobby Roode as a babyface just isn't working. He's just kind of yeah. it's just kind of there. He's way more effective as a heel. Um, Mojo, I mean, I thought this match was more uh, was more boring than the gender uh, Xavier <laughs> match. You know, so yeah, I, it was it was there. So Bobby won, uh, then got attacked by the Singh brothers. Out came uh, Jinder. That, that was so weird. Like Bobby was like, "Let's do it tonight." Jinder's like, "We'll do it at a time of my choosing, like next week on SmackDown Live." Uh, <laughs> Daniel Bryan came out, made the match for later in that evening, uh, and we'll talk about that. That turned out. And, and real quick, this yeah. was where the, sorry, this was where the Singh brothers yeah. got injured. Was after this angle. There was more hype for the mixed match challenge, and then they announced. Oh my God, for the first time ever on SmackDown Live, a six woman tag match was going to be coming up. Never see that. Uh, we'll talk about that in a fresh. moment. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But first, I want to give some love to the sponsor of this episode, which is SeatGeek. Oh my God, I love SeatGeek. You've heard us talk about this. Rogers used it. I've used it. Chris, have you used SeatGeek before? I have not. Man. Not yet. But uh, I may, after I hear your pitch, uh, uh, Glenn, let me hear it. Well, let me tell you, buying tickets to sports and concerts, to wrestling, oh my God, can it be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy, and that's with SeatGeek. It's the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event, whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or need to find the perfect gift. Or if you're like me and you just obsess over where you're going to sit and want to know exactly where your seats are going to be, SeatGeek is going to help you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team musician or wrestler in person, and SeatGeek is going to get you closer to the action for a great value. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone. You've heard me talk about it before. I used it to buy Hamilton tickets. I uh, used it to buy upcoming WWE tickets to see them in Sacramento. And I love that I could be anywhere. And with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. I can see exactly where I'm sitting, see what kind of value I'm getting. Raj uh, used it for Lady Gaga and other events. And, and the Broncos. And the Broncos. I throw that there for a Broncos you know, game. He's um, very worldly, diverse tastes. Diverse tastes, and uh, we're you know we're trying to figure out our WrestleMania plans if we're going to actually stay for the event this year. So I am going to be figuring that out this week. And if I go to get WrestleMania tickets, I'm going to use SeatGeek. You know, so I'm just going to jump on there, and and that's that's where I go now whenever I want to buy tickets. Once and I'll tell I you, I said the first time I've been. That's that's my place. Well, and what I love about it is that it's designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. 
saves you time and money because it actually searches multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek actually grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And every purchase is fully guaranteed. That's the most important part. So you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, sports, concerts, wrestling, comedy, and theater. And best of all, our listeners can get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code INC today. That's promo code INC for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So glad to have them as a sponsor of the Wrestling Inc. podcast. It's an amazing app. Seriously, folks, give it a try. You won't be disappointed and save $20 using the promo code INC. We thank SeatGeek for sponsoring the show. So the six-woman tag last night. Oh, man. <sighs> what to do with this women's division? Chris, what do you think the answer is? Because we, I think we've talked about this a little more extensively before you started guesting. I get that this is a way to get every woman on SmackDown each week, but at a certain point, if they can't appear individually, you know, the average fan, I mean, I compared it before, you think they were the Spice Girls, like they always show up as a group. Do you think that they should take the raw approach and maybe some women don't get on TV each week or how should they do this on SmackDown? Somebody has to stand out from that uh, bunch. Uh, it, it's gotten, it, it's gotten so bad that Charlotte is even kind of lost in the shuffle now. And she's the champ. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and it's, and, and that's sad. Somebody has to stand out. I mean, if they're doing, I would take. I, I'm a huge fan of Naomi. I, that's actually my favorite uh, on this. My, my favorite woman's wrestler, but I would I would push her away and I would push Becky away from Charlotte. And if they want to do this Ruby Riot thing, have Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan kind of be you know, uh, kind of people who would help her as a heel. And just kind of you know uh, help her win and and you know in very dastardly ways and something to make them stand out as legitimate heels, like other than kind of snobby promos that we kind of see with Ruby Riot. There's nothing, especially over the past few weeks. They attacked people over the when they first came, but over the past few weeks, other than competing in matches. There's nothing that really makes the Riot Squad stand out as like heels that people just want to hate. Which yeah. I, I say again, those good heels make good baby faces. And there's not those type of heels in the women's division, specifically with the Riot Squad, that can elevate any baby face right now. And we see that every week. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, there's no storytelling either in this. I mean, if you look at those backstage videos that Charlotte and Becky post on Instagram, doing what the tea, doing these things that at least show their camar camaraderie, I think um, it makes a case for these constant team-ups, but it's it's so two-dimensional when it's just like, well, these are all the good guys, or these are all the, you know, the, the, the face girls, and these are all the heel girls, and they're just duking it out week after week. Uh, sometimes one-on-one -on -one with the other two in the corner, sometimes three-on-three, -three, sometimes two-on-two -two with the other one standing in the corner. Um, there's just no story. There's no nothing there aside from the wrestling, which is which is solid. Um, I think they're, they're all capable in the ring at varying levels. I mean, obviously, uh, some are better than others, but it's really just leaving it to their look to tell a story. 
Yeah. Like, is even Charlotte and um, Alexa Bliss, uh, neither of them have title matches as of now, do they? For the Rumble? No, uh, I don't believe so. Rush, have we missed something? Is there a title match for the Rumble? Uh, no, not yet. Nothing has been announced yet. Yeah. So for so for this big announcement of the Women's Royal Rumble, first ever, there's a chance that both the women's champions will not even be on the Rumble card. <laughs> I don't understand. There's a that. chance, but I'm sure they will be. But yeah, I, I agree. It's it's uh it's kind of ridiculous. Who will they face? Who will they face? Because Oscar's in the Rumble. I mean, Oscar beat Alexa, but Oscar is in the Rumble. So there's no really, you know, there's no real big contender for her. And then as far as Charlotte's concerned, you have the Riot Squad, and they're the Rumble. So, I mean, who do they? Who would they face at this point? Unless they would kind of, you know, do double duty, you know, compete in the championship match and then at the Rumble at the same time, like kind of like what Roman Reigns did that. last week. I mean, uh, Robert, Roman Reigns did last year, I believe he did that. Yeah, they've, they've done that before. Yeah. yeah. Um, I... The, the women are just so badly booked on SmackDown, just the weekly multi-person. You know, you talk about people trying to stand out. Charlotte was standing out when she was by herself. And now yeah. by when you're just clump everyone together, no one, you, you take away that opportunity to stand out. And uh, with these scripted promos that they're given and just always they're all together, um, this, this feud has no purpose. It doesn't matter who wins or loses every week. It's just, you know, uh, the right squad got to win this week. So... You know, the other side will get a win <laughs> next week. It's That's probably what happened. They, you know, someone uh, King Rails making a comment about how they need tag belts for the women, and that might not be a bad idea. If it's if it's if he, I hate adding new titles, but if right now the solution to book how you book the women is that you just have to constantly put them all in the same segment, then maybe having tag titles at least you can get more women on. And you can have a separate feud and then have more singles feuds uh, for the top belt. So, I don't know, two more sets of titles, like having a Raw women's tag title <laughs> and a SmackDown women's tag title. That'll be over, overkill, but yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not better than what they have now at the same time. Well, I think that goes in tandem with uh, your other complaint about SmackDown. I think SmackDown should be the show of shorter matches. Be more economic with your two hours. Jam-pack it full of stuff. You know, tell yeah. your stories, but don't do these super long matches to take up a quarter of the show. Yeah, how many matches did we have last night? We had uh, the three U.S. title matches and the women's match. So was it? Yeah, four. Just four the whole show. Yeah. yeah. You could easily fit a couple. You know, break up those that multi-person, do two women's matches, and fit another match, and have these. You know, have all these matches go one segment because no one really cared about any of them. Yeah. Um. So we did get the United States title tournament finals last night. That was the main event. Uh, yeah. Bobby Roode versus Jinder Mahal. Jinder got to wrestle twice in one night. Bobby Roode won the title. And uh, this is where we're at. Bobby Roode is a face, likely facing a returning Dolph Ziggler, uh, probably set up next week for the Rumble. But yeah, a lot of lengthy matches. That last match went, what, two or three? segments i mean i guess a championship match but uh feel a little like overkill yeah yeah P i mean people weren't into it um uh, i mean am i wrong was the crowd reaction 
hot because I know I was kind of just kind of fading in and out during this match. <laughs> you know, like checking my yeah. phone, checking my email. It's just just cannot pay attention. Yeah. Um, I, I just there there was not much for the fans to really get behind. You know, it was just kind of there's there's not a, there's not strong enough characters right now on on SmackDown. Uh, for people to just kind of rally behind and really cheer for someone. I mean, Bobby Roode. I mean, we've 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 all said that Bobby Roode's in need of a character and has enhancement. If he does turn heel, I would I would wait till after Mania, because I think the whole glorious entrance of get some huge baby face pops at WrestleMania. So I would do it like right after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, there's not other than Mahal being a heel and you know he no no one really cheering for Mahal, um, there wasn't really anything to really stand behind uh, this week on SmackDown. Even, a, I mean, we forgot to talk about AJ Styles' promo, but that was... <laughs> the less said about that, the better. Good, that I was, mean, he's the WWE champion, you know, yeah. and they're, they're just making him cold right now. And They've done that before, though. They've yeah. given him terrible material that he delivers with absolute conviction, and it's just, it's hard to watch. Because he commits to it. He's so certain. But that thing last night, Kevin and Sammy, I'm going to call him Cammy. <laughs> you know, like that yeah. whole thing. It's just, oh, and we did skip over it. Uh, the uh, Usos got, um, so what was it? So the Usos were talking about the two or three falls match. They got attacked from behind by Gable and Benjamin uh, setting up that match for uh, the Royal Rumble. But I'll tell you, man, like, let's talk about what was lacking last night. So we got no Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which is some huge personality. We did get Daniel Bryan, but, and we got a little of that, you know, when he set the matchup for the night. Fashion Files, we got the tease for the website, which means that we got no Rusev and in English, no Tyler Breeze and Fandango, not even the Ascension aside from that 30-second video package. And the Usos promo was uh, limited last night before the attack. So... I feel like in terms of personalities, a lot was lacking last night. Yeah. And this this champ this this feud with uh, AJ and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn just feels mid-card. Um the, the whole co-champions, you know, deal and everything just it just seems so it's it's not it's not a a, a WrestleMania headlining type of deal or a, well it won't last till Mania. I think it'll no, I know, but way. but you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's it's bringing him down. Yeah, if but it was I one on one with Kevin Owens, even if it was one on one with Sami Zayn and with the with the other in it, in their corners, but I just think this this thing's kind of bringing AJ down. I, I feel like AJ's cooled thing. off a lot. The co champions thing, I think, would reinvigorate SmackDown for at least a month. Oh, God, I think that would be that would that would just bury the title as as a comical so. belt. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. I think with with Raw, I think we'd see such a big distinction because the universal champion isn't seen every week you know yeah. i think usually throughout you know the past few decades we think of the mid-card championship being the workhorse title right the intercontinental title you know being heavily defended being heavily you know showcased while the world champ kind of comes in and out and not appears or competes every week somehow i, I don't think they're going to do this with the wwe championship but Somehow, if we kind of distinguish, you know, the world champ is not kind of being oversaturated in our, you know, to the to the television uh, television set. I think, you know, you get to the point where you 
States Championship, kind of like the workhorse title, and you kind of don't blur the WWE Championship in with the the U.S. title because there's nothing that's really making the WWE Championship stand out right now. Yeah, I feel like you need someone. I, I love AJ. I think he's great, but um, you need to have him feud with someone at you know for that belt that people care about. That's you need to have more star power at the top, and you just don't have that right now. Yeah, um, I don't know. SmackDown, I think, is in trouble though. If they just keep going around and around the way they have, if Sammy and Kevin don't win, I think it's going to be boring. I think I think that nothing is going to happen of interest on SmackDown between now and Mania because it's just going to be the same pattern again and again. Yeah. You know? Well, if Nakamura wins the the Rumble, I think that there that'll be some type of intrigue, but. If it was up to me, you know, if the WWE calls me now and say, hey, I need help, give me <laughs> one creative decision, <laughs> I would move Finn over and have him in the club be the top heels on SmackDown right now. Yeah, I think that'd be good. I, th- I think Finn, Seth, Jeff Hardy, any of those guys who really should be in the top, you know, main event uh, level, and Jeff Hardy when he comes back, uh, yeah, all could benefit from that move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's just something to switch it up. You need something to switch it up at this point because it's getting really, really repetitive. And but scaling. that being said, SmackDown viewership numbers have been up. Yeah. So, do you think it's the time of year though? I mean, that's well, no, because it was going up in December, which is usually when things usually start going up in January. But mm. uh, they were starting to rise in, in December, and I think part of that had to do with the, the Daniel Bryan Shane McMahon storyline. Yeah. Right. Uh, what do you think the Olympics impact will be? The Winter Olympics when they start next month. Like There's it's, yeah, it's usually the same as football, like around ten percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know my worry about Nakamura winning the Rumble and going on to challenge AJ has nothing to do with the match. It comes to what they're going to do to build that, and the fact that Vince McMahon is going to oversee and have a say in all of the promos and the angle that they use to build that. I just don't see Nakamura winning again. The the fast lane uh, they have a video promo for fast lane they got the the you know monokamura in that five way uh with aj and, and orton Sami Zayn, kevin owens I, I don't i don't see it yeah maybe cena's winning the rumble i don't see that either because <laughs> what would he do give away the title shot to face undertaker well who is it then i mean we're talking about like so if it's not dolph and it's not nakamura and it's certainly not rusev um who is it that's going to face the SmackDown champion? I mean, I guess it could be Reigns taking on Lesnar, but that's the, I mean, does Reigns need that? I feel like Roman Reigns, the way they book him, whether you like it or not, Roman Reigns could just say, I want to face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And in storyline, no one would bat an eye. People go like, okay, that makes sense. Well, they could have Finn win and, and, and as a raw superstar and defect over the SmackDown if you with AJ. Yeah. That would, you know, that would be pretty cool actually. Yeah. Saying he wants, he wants, you know, you expect him to say he wants Lesnar, but then he says he wants AJ. Yeah, or even show up. Like, he he wins the Rumble, and people are thinking, you know, Finn and Lesnar, this was supposed to be at Royal Rumble, so-and-so, and and all of a sudden, AJ cuts a promo, and Finn in the club just attacks him, and he kind of, you know, sets his sights on the WWE Championship. Yeah, that'd that'd be pretty awesome. I don't, I don't, yeah. I think that would be a great idea. You know, I, I know, Raj, you were reading off the list of winners before. I mean, 
pre during the last brand split, yeah, I mean, it was still top guys. I mean, Edge, Alberto Del Rio, Rey Mysterio, Chris Benoit, Batista. Yeah, there is a certain pedigree and level that I think uh, would make sense, but who knows? It's, they usually uh, have to have faith in you to give you that win, you yeah. know, uh, to handle being at the top. Yeah. And it's not going to be Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn because they've got a match that night. Because I, I can be. see them. Then they'll enter the Rumble and they'll co-win the Rumble together. It'll be yeah. the two of them and they'll challenge again for the co-championship at WrestleMania. Hey, yeah. rock, rock and Big Show. Yeah. Yeah. 2000. Uh, yeah. So I don't see that happening either, but you never know. Yeah. So let's talk quickly about the Mixed Match Challenge. Uh, live viewership peaked out at 136,000 people on Facebook Live last night. I was saying before the show, I've seen like anchors from MSNBC and various journalists and celebs get more than 136,000 people watching them on, live on Facebook. But Raj, you're saying the views have gone up to over a million now? Yeah, it's 1.2 that have watched it. You know, I, I'm sure that counts, you know, partial views, people just going to the end. We got to remember that uh, this was only shown for U.S. member, you know, people in the U.S. Right. Um, so, and it's an experiment. We'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what kind of numbers Facebook was expecting. But, you know, obviously 136,000 doesn't sound like very many. By That's the like end. less than people want to watch Impact Live. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not not a lot less. But, yes, but uh, still less. But it's less. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, by the end, 1.2. I don't know if they're happy with that. Like people watched it later. But as far as the fact that people aren't really trying to watch it streaming live. I mean, we've talked about it on the show before. Like people... Sports streaming live hasn't been that hot. And a lot of well, legal sports. sports streaming live hasn't been that hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, where I don't know why you if 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 a sport is streaming live legally and anyone can access it, you wouldn't do that as opposed to finding an illegal stream. <laughs> uh, depends on what it is. I wasn't gonna pay sixty bucks to watch CM Punk get his ass kicked. Well, we don't yeah. none of us illegally stream. <laughs> uh, right, Glenn? <laughs> I don't, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, where you have concrete numbers, it's just, it's just not quite there yet, but, um, so we'll see. I don't, are these the kind of numbers that would start a bidding war with Facebook and the USA network? Well, if you look at it, okay, so let's go back to Netflix. Netflix first original show was called Lily Hammer. It started like Steve Van Zandt from, you know, Bruce Springsteen's band. That was the first Netflix show. You didn't hear a lot about it, but it paved the way for people to get the idea of them using Netflix to watch an original series streaming. And I'm sure those numbers were tiny, but it paved the way for House of Cards and Orange is the New Black and all the major Netflix shows that now they made them into a powerhouse. So 136,000, it's not great, but for Facebook Watch, a platform that most people probably weren't aware until last night even existed, it is a start. Right, but for WWE, do yeah. they, would they want to even consider jumping to uh you know facebook watch where i mean let's face it they 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 did a lot of promo for this show uh there was nothing remotely interesting in it for me um, it was like a house show match it was fun it's yeah but you see house show matches all day you just watch two hours of, of <laughs> actually it was the that match was more interesting than anything on smackdown oh, last it night. was but ultimately it's just mixed tag matches and that's it and uh is that enough to get people really excited? I don't know, but um, yeah, I just think uh, 
I just don't think that fate, we're going to be seeing uh, Raw and SmackDown move to Facebook Watch. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> no. Depends on the platform, though. You know, if they get some other hot series on there and they are investing in series a year from now. I mean, look, tech, tech moves very fast, you know, and it does. in six months, it could be a completely different ballgame. There's a lot to lose by moving to something Absolutely. That's, not, that's not hot yet. Absolutely. And you're seeing it. I mean, I was seeing on Twitter last night, super fans saying, I don't have a Facebook account. Can't watch this. People saying, how in the hell do I watch this? I do have a Facebook account, but I have no clue what Facebook watches or how I get there. They did one video. I think I saw on the network about how to access. They, they had a couple of YouTube videos on how to, how to yeah. get there, but yeah, they didn't explain it that well. But had this been on YouTube live last night, this would have done a million views live easily. I think because everybody knows how to watch YouTube. I don't know. I still don't think so. You don't think so? No, I don't think live. I don't think it would have done that. What are the pre-show numbers on YouTube? What do those do? Those are in the thousands, you know, tens of thousands, uh -huh. I think. Maybe peaking at a couple, maybe a hundred thousand. I just think it's more accessible as a video platform. Um, but we'll see. Hey, we got was eleven weeks to go in this mix match challenge. Yeah. Um, and by the way, clarity. So when they announced this originally, they talked about doing some VR element. Actually, it was at the Television Critics Association that there was some clarity on that, that it looks like VR is not going to be for this, but they're working with a company to produce like 12 VR experiences this year. Have you guys seen that news? Uh, yeah, there was there. Yeah. I mean, we, we had posted, there was a press release about them doing this, the stuff with VR that's uh, on the site somewhere. Yeah. So for all you VR fans out there, it's coming. Yeah. You invested wisely in all that gear. Um, man. Okay. So let's talk. Uh, let's, let's end on a real high note here. And that's the impact stars to the WWE and uh, these new talent acquisitions. Well, they're not acquisitions yet. Well, the ones uh, that they announced, I mean, Ricochet. Okay. Oh God. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Ricochet uh, officially signed war machine um, and Candice LeRae. So uh, those are the big names. There's a bunch of other people reporting to the Performance Center this week. Uh, the first Kuwaiti um, wrestlers uh, reporting this week. Uh, there's a bunch of others. So Serena Deeb is there at the Performance Center. So yeah, it's a it's a big week. The uh, baseball player too, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The guy that the million dollar arm was based off of. He's mm -hmm. he's there. Hmm. It's good. I mean, NXT, I think, could use a shot in the arm. I think the main roster could use a shot in the arm right now. Definitely. I mean, you know, Ricochet, War Machine, they're, and, and Candice LeRae, they're all ready to go. I mean, they could start appearing on NXT right away. A lot of these other signees are pretty new and very green, so we won't be seeing them for a while. Yet, Tessa Blanchard last night posted she's doing the, the Cody Rhodes Young Bucks event in September. Yep. So that settles that speculation if she's going where Ricochet goes. Uh, yeah, we reported on that a like a month ago that she's yeah. taking indie bookings all throughout 2018. So, What do you think the deal is there? I mean, she's got the legacy. She's done a lot of work in NXT. She was in the Mae Young Classic. I have no idea. I mean, she seemed like she'd be a no-brainer. She carries herself like a star. She's got that it factor much more than some of the women on the roster. And yet... Yeah, independent for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So there you have it. Chris, who are you most excited about of these new signings? Um, I I think it's, I, I like all of them, really. Um, 
I've had Ricochet in Hanson uh, from from Warmerstein on my show before, and kind uh, of conversed with them as far as just um, the move. And I've, I'm big fans of of War Machine, uh, really. Um, I think War Machine probably would have the most success out of the new signees. Um, I think with Ricochet, fantastic, fantastic, one of the best out there, hands down. I just think WWE doesn't see – I don't think WWE will use him to his potential that other people see him in the indies. I think that he'll kind of be relevant. I mean, we saw that with Neville when he was Pac. He was just uh, incredible. And I think now, um, you know, he had some issues with uh, with his status. I mean, with his kind of NXT run. I mean, with not NXT, he was doing well in NXT, but his 205 Live run. And I think that they'll – Put Ricochet in 205 Live, which mm, isn't necessarily uh, a, a substantial, you know, uh, a positive for, for him. Um, I think he's a little too small to be incredibly successful in the heavyweight division. Um, you know, there's there's exceptions to that rule, i.e., Rey Mysterio. Um, but I just unfortunately I don't I don't see too much success from a main event level for him with war machine i do see some success with them as far as the tag team division i think they'll do fairly well at least you know hopefully i think they have the potential to do uh, quite well yeah i i think the size thing because ricochet is i think ricochet is awesome but that size thing is just proven over and over uh there really hardly any exceptions uh with people under 200 pounds that really get that that strong push and Ricochet's, I mean, he's a little big, bigger than Finn Balor. And, you know, Finn, they, they did push him for a few weeks <laughs> um, as a top guy. But uh, the size always limits him in the end. And and uh, 205 Live is just um, it's just a kiss of death. It, it does nothing for anyone. What I'd like to see uh, personally is I'd like to see keep the Giants on, on Raw, the big you know, 240 pound plus guys and keep the guys that could be real players that are not getting put into that mix on SmackDown. You have these two brands, make them really, um, you know, really differentiate them, especially if they're big name talents where the only thing that's getting their way is the size. And then I think you could have a real, um, a, a real contrast, a, a real choice uh, and, and two real different products as opposed to SmackDown just being, uh, kind of a, a, a more boring version of Raw right now, mm. shorter. Yeah, I call it Raw Light. Yeah, <laughs> just with fewer stars and shorter. The, and the shorter thing helps it a lot, but uh, you know, there's no big distinction between the two like it used to be. Right. Yeah, we shall see Raw 25 coming up Monday. Oh, man. Chris, who, who are you most excited for? You know, it's so funny. I'm so, I'm such a nostalgia guy when it comes to wrestling. I'm actually looking forward to this more than the Rumble. Um, really? You know, yeah, I am. I, I just want to see the old faces. I just, uh, it'll be a. I'm sure it'll be in a very trivial, you know, fashion that we'll see them most likely backstage. But um, there's uh, DX. I'm, I'm interested how they're. I'm interested in how they'll use DX. I think it'll probably be in the fashion of burying the revival. <laughs> um, I think so. I think it'll either be DX APA or 
the new age outlaws that are just buried the revival uh, come come Monday. Um, interested to see where they're going to place Jericho at uh, yeah. on this on the show. Um, and uh, I definitely think, um, you know, I think it's quite I think it's quite obvious that Undertaker's appearance is going to be the um, the starting point of uh, um, the road to WrestleMania. Yeah. So people are asking about the rock. I mean, it could be a surprise thing. I, I doubt it. I don't think he's going to be there. Um, his schedule. Yeah. His schedule. He's filming ballers. I mean, he, it's not like he could, I mean, it, with his schedule, it's tough to take time off. Um, yeah. And you would just think if he was there, they, they would advertise the hell out of it. Um, like they have with, been with Steve Austin, but I could easily see them, him doing something by video like they did for, for SmackDown. I for, forgot what, what anniversary it was that they 900, did. I think it was. Maybe, yeah. Something like that. So um Hulk Hogan said he won't be there. Yeah, that's right. Is yeah, does he is he on like Wizard World or something in Arizona that day? Like Hogan's uh, got an appearance scheduled. Oh, maybe. I I didn't check that, but I just I just know that Hogan has said he's not gonna be there. So yeah, I mean Steve Foley's Austin the is the big too. name and the Undertaker, and Undertaker will actually have uh storyline implications. So that'll be yep. that'll be the big one. AB2 in a recent interview, he said uh, he's trying to move some things around on his schedule. So he said if he's not there in person, he'll be there in spirits. But, you know, guys like guys like Foley, even Ric Flair, um, a, a lot of these people um, who were big stars, you just got to think with all the stuff that they got, all the names that they got, they're just not going to do much with them anyway. So, yeah, right. if Foley's there, he, he'll, you know, probably be a, a two second you know, cameo with a bunch of other people where he, he gets in a catchphrase. Uh, I can see him. Back. Raw, what, what, oh, sorry. What did y'all think of the raw 25? Uh, the, 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 the countdown love that the pipe bomb was uh number two and that they included it. Number two. What was number one? I didn't, I didn't watch it. Oh, geez. Uh, beer, the beer truck. Austin's oh, beer yeah, truck. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. I could see that. That's yeah. definitely one of the most memorable. Number three was the yes movement. Really? Uh, that high. Yeah, the the mm. occupy occupy raw. It was, cool. it was a cool visual. I think Jericho's debut was four. On the on the Occupy Raw thing, was there a Rebecca Stage story and how they coordinated that? How that all? There was. It's uh, you'd have to search for it. You search for it on the site, and I remember, I remember like some fans who were. You you got double check. It's been a while. Logistically, I think that's one of the most impressive things that they've ever pulled off just in yeah. terms of everything that could have gone wrong for that. Uh, but yeah, pipe bomb. What was funny about it was in every other segment, they had the superstar involved or in most of the other segments, they had the superstar involved talking about it after. And after the pipe bomb, it was uh, Rosenberg and Corey Graves. They were just kind of like, yeah, that happened. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, they it was, edited it, it and they cool. left in the digs. I mean, they left in the, the worst stuff against the McMahons. I'm sorry, Chris. What were you going to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was pretty cool, though. I think uh, I think WWE kind of um, surprised me a bit by uh, by actually showing as much as they did with the pipe bomb. Um, they showed quite a bit, uh, and, and they didn't edit out, you know, things that kind of favored them and make them look good. I think, uh, you know, I, was, I, I applauded the WWE for their edit of that one. Yeah. Man, I didn't watch that in like two years. And just seeing that again, I mean, even if you look at the stuff Owens was doing and the things that 
they've had happen on TV. I mean, Owens attack, you know, uh, bashing on the McMahons has still been like five steps removed from that. You know, I think was he called Shane like an egomaniac. You know, like that's like the worst thing he said mm -hmm. about the McMahons. Uh, but yeah, I mean, CM Punk, man, like nothing has touched that. I'm sure, where was Austin giving Vince the stunner for the first time? Uh, mm. that what I tuned in when Edge Edge's uh, retirement speech, which I think was like eighteen, okay, or something like yeah, that. I mean, that was I after the match. Austin McMahon would have been near the top five. Well, they had the hospital one was in the top ten. Yeah, but the one where he uh, he stunnered Vince, that kind of set the whole thing in motion. That was con that was considered a huge deal at the time, and I then his. His angle with yeah, Mike Tyson. I'd actually probably put his angle with Mike Tyson almost at the top, if yeah. not number one. I think that, that really, was that really 10. started the the uh, WWE gaining momentum. And by the way, that's another thing. Last night, so people were pointing it on Twitter. Like you have the mixed match challenge starting on Facebook immediately after, and at the same time on USA, they're going immediately into Raw's top twenty-five moments. Uh, you know, with very little promo or even explanation that was going to be happening. I could see where that probably confused people. Wait, before. not last night. Yeah, on SmackDown. After yeah. SmackDown, they showed this Raw 25 moments on USA. It started immediately after SmackDown last night. Yeah, they did. Uh, it, what, it didn't air then because they had an episode of Unfiltered on, on the WWE Network after SmackDown. No, no, not on the network. On, on the on USA the station. Network. So, Oh, they had... Oh, they had it on USA? Yeah, that's why I watched it. After Mixed Match, I turned back to DirecTV Now, and USA was showing that. Wow, so that's, that's what I said. Like, so if you're watching SmackDown, and then you see the Then Now Forever come up immediately, my first thought was like, oh, they're showing the Mixed Match Challenge on, on USA simulcast? But no, it was the 25 moments went opposite that. Ah, I totally missed that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's a dumb move. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's not <laughs> WWE's call, but... Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't USA have some like more episodes of Chris We Knows Best or Modern Family or SVU or something else they could put on? Or I'll tell you what, how about Walker, Texas Ranger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time I used to be so excited that that came off. So, like, so because it was right before Raw. <laughs> yeah. Colton C noting that the Lita Edge sex show wasn't didn't make the top 25. That brought in the PG era. <laughs> yeah it was after that that they uh they, they really started toning everything down yeah and sean mooney is not so he, he said that he can't make uh raw 25 because of his schedule but he was all over the <laughs> the greatest moments uh uh show i found that really funny yeah he has another job too so yeah yeah, yeah. it's weird though is it's a monday night like concerts comedy Nothing happens on Monday nights. Literally, it's the one night well, of the right week. now. Now that football's done, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like for these, uh, for these uh, uh, legends, Monday night is the night where nothing is going on. It's the safest night to play. Uh, a lot so of I these might... legends have jobs now. Yeah, <laughs> they're not. <laughs> uh, Don might have a graveyard shift somewhere. You never know. I've, I'm talking to one right now who who you know is, is iffy about making it because of of her job. So, oh, um, intriguing. When will that interview be on the site? Soon. Okay, there we go. Still finalizing the date, but. Yeah, well, uh, maybe it's someone that will need to be available the following Sunday for uh, the Rumble. It is. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm looking forward to that. I think the Women's Rumble is going to be very interesting just because it's the first. And to what we were talking about earlier, I could see them using some weird logic to put both Alexa and Charlotte in that, uh, in that just because it's historic. 
Um, it's such a moment. And they really need to make 30. And I don't know, even with the legends, man, and the NXT. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, well, they would have to have it. They would have to have it before. I mean, they would have to have it after the championship matches because it would it would be kind of weird if like Asuka, you know, uh, loses to uh, if Asuka gets eliminated from the Rumble and then faces Alexa Bliss later on that night for the title. <laughs> they would have to have it. You know, they would have to line it up right. Is that happening? Do they? They haven't announced that yet. Um, but it could happen. We'll see seven matches announced, but two of them are hour long matches or darn near an hour long, um, six hour pay-per-view. Well, four hour pay-per-view, two hour pre-show Sunday. We'll be, uh, here to cover it immediately afterwards coming up week after next and Raj, there's going to be an NXT takeover one a uh, week from Saturday as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. We'll be doing one, uh, myself, Chris, and Justin Labar. We'll be doing nice. one after takeover. So make sure to join us for that. Yeah, but before that, Raw 25 coming up Monday. Myself, Raj, Mr. Matt Morgan, and maybe Justin Labar FaceTiming in from... Yeah, uh, right. From, from, he'll, he'll, be live. he'll be live at the Manhattan Center. Yeah, I'm sure he'll have lots of information about what we don't see on camera there uh so chris before we take this home here anything you want to plug pancakes and power slam show uh episode 303 was last night so we have a week we have a a wrestler uh wrestling talent wrestler interview every week last night we had ken anderson Hmm, nice anderson (laughs) (laughs) and raj what's coming up on the site this week that you can that you can talk about right we posted our jimmy jacobs interview yesterday we've got uh, uh our interview highlights with Kevin Kelly uh, coming up and uh, yeah, a lot more. Cool guys. Well, we'll be back here Monday to talk about raw. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can follow me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein and uh, we'll see you back here next time on the wrestling Inc podcast. Take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.